following podcast is improvised satire and all characters are fictional. Hello, I'm Dean Ardenfeld. This is the podcast where I interview employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the corporation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to the corporation. Well, Quebec is on fire, and we finally have something to blame all this pollution on, other than the big hoax of climate change, of course. I hope you're breathing easy. Whatever you do, don't put that mask back on. That's what the woke liberal agenda wants you to do. Well, I've got a great new episode for you this week. First, I spoke with a guy who's gearing up to extract precious metals from the moon, and in the process, he's making some new interdimensional friends. Then I talked to an award-winning chef that has very little patience for others, but a pretty high opinion of himself. We did this interview over Zoom. I think you're really going to love it. Oh, and whenever you have a minute, I would love a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you haven't done that yet. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? I hope you enjoy this brand new episode of The Corporation. My first guest is the CEO of Moon Pit Limited, the research and development firm dedicated to eventual open pit mineral mining of our nearest celestial body. He hopes to be the first to market in the extraction and sale of such elements as aluminum, titanium, beryllium, and lithium. On weekends, he collects Garfield plushies. Please welcome Jared Funk. Hi, Jared. Hey, pleasure to be here, Dean. What a treat. Wow, what a treat. And this is so exciting. Your whole eventual goal is you're really looking toward the future here, uh, open pit mining of minerals on the moon. That's right. We're going to take from her. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. You call her a her, huh? She's a lady. She's a gal. She's a she's gal. She's a mother and she's a host, probably to more than just minerals, honestly. Oh, yeah? What other things do you think these, she's a host to? Well, I, I think I think there's, uh, you know, good reason to believe that mm. this planet and this solar system is being visited regularly. And if the moon's not a hub for something, I'd be surprised. <laughs> okay. You, you, so you're one of those who believes that, that maybe we've had uh, ca- contact with other other beings out there in the oh, universe. Oh, please. For years. Yeah. For years. Yeah. The evidence is everywhere. Oh, you think so? Yeah. No, so. so. <laughs> I hate to say no, so, because there's always, like, we could always be a, a brain in a vat and everything could be a simulation. But based sure. off of, you know, uh, just generally how I feel... Yeah, I, yeah. I, do, I would say <laughs> that, I know so. That's interesting that you would say yeah. how I feel I know so when you when you essentially created a research and development firm uh, to do science on what might be up there that you could extract from the moon. So like, Absolutely. I don't I, mean, I don't mean a lot of men of science who uh, who think and feel things uh, that haven't been scientifically demonstrated. Well, Dean, I'm sorry to hear that. I feel like uh, maybe you're hanging around some of the wrong scientists. That's possible. I suppose that's possible. Um, you know, so your your whole goal is like you want to be first to get to the uh, the really valuable things on the moon. Yeah. Yes. The moon. She's got a lot to offer and um, yeah. she can, you know, nurse this planet back. Mm. And um, yeah, she's there for us. 
That's so interesting to me because, you know, I know like a lot of people tend to criticize what you're what you're trying to do here by saying, you who's know, criti- wait, who's criticizing this? Well, you know, the the lefties in the, the media and all that want to say, hey, uh, why don't we uh, rather than, uh, you know, extracting more stuff out of another body in the solar system, maybe um, maybe come up with some kind of renewable way to get what we need. But, you, you know, know, that's upsetting saying, to me. I think the more people we could get up there and the more mm-hmm. they could just have, you know, space ice cream neapolitan space ice cream yeah oh everyone loves that i mean sure you're talking about two different things here we're talking about space tourism which of course is a is a thing and i'm sure you're into that as well but also you're looking to truck some of these valuable minerals back to earth uh for for sale essentially for your own uh capitalist intentions so um what are the challenges associated with that with uh, mining on the moon and then and and you can't just put it in a dump truck you know Uh, yeah well you know um we call it uh, lightning rods from God, and basically what we do is we we have uh, the ability to compress these elements uh, on the moon, and we get them out of orbit and into mm-hmm. the Earth's orbit, and they they free fall. So there's actually a, it's actually a two time mining process because they will free fall to wherever they land on the earth and then mm-hmm. we have to go to that location on the earth and I mine see. them out of the crater they've created. But it's a lot more economical than building engines and systems to send it all back. Rods from God. Or solar panels or wind turbines. Mm. Wind turbines don't work in space, Dean. There's no oh, wind in space. <laughs> point taken. Point taken. I uh, so I guess what I'm so what I'm hearing is that you're gonna mine it all out of the ground on the moon, put it in some kind of a projectile, shoot it back into the earth. It's gonna create a big crater. Uh, and you're yep. gonna have to go splunking for that. Uh, for that caving. Yes, caving. caving. You know, so you splunking to... is what people say who don't cave. Uh, yeah. Okay. Caving. So I didn't. I didn't realize. I'm learning so much. So you. So almost. <laughs> so that open pit mining that everyone says is so destructive to the environment. You're essentially mm-hmm. doing on the moon and on Earth for this process. Yeah. Yep. Correct, Amundo. Yeah. You recap gonna... that perfectly. And and so I know you know in, uh, there's of course uh, obviously the outer space treaty uh, that essentially says no one owns the moon you can't put nuclear weapons on the moon yeah they say that but, about Antarctica too don't they Dean they say that about Antarctica both places right. where there's alien bases isn't that surprising <laughs> mm. oh are there I didn't know that oh either. yeah oh, we have been in agreements with since Eisenhower about what spaces we are not allowed to own and the moon and Antarctica mm. are the two bases. For uh, for our contacts, our earthly contacts, or non-earthly contacts. <laughs> so d- here's so the that- thing: is we don't know if they're ultra-dimensional <laughs> or if they're extra-dimensional. But explain here. the difference. I don't know what the difference is between those. Ultra-dimensional two means they're coming from another dimension, Dean, um, an alternative <laughs> okay. dimension, if you will. Extra-dimensional uh, is just for fun, and uh, extra extraterrestrial is. You know, I think you know what that one is, outer space. The idea sure. that they're moving from point A to point B in, in space is an assumption we made for so long when they could actually just be here amongst us the whole time. Right. Our yeah. senses are not dialed in to hmm. experience the full breadth of right. reality. And so I see. Uh, some could say we were genetically engineered to not experience certain entities around us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because there's stuff, you know, there are patterns of light and everything that a snake can see that we cannot. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe and they can a... taste that light with their tongue, Dean. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but it does seem like you have a lot of hunches about scientific things that uh, I had never heard before. Is this where does this information come from? Uh, other people who've done in-depth studies. 
Great. And you do have a research and development team at your company doing these sorts of in-depth studies. Um, I assumed it was just having to do with the minerals uh, of value on the moon, but are you also having them do uh, extraterrestrial, interdimensional uh, research and development in that company? Well, it's not something we like to talk about um, because we are concerned that the more we broadcast it, the less um, bites and nibbles we'll get. It's like disturbing the, uh, a pond right before you want to go fishing. And so these extraterrestrial beings, they want to not be known, obviously, uh, mm. broadly, but they want to be known more intimately and personally. And so uh, I, I try to veer away from talking about the agreements we may have and the, the tactics we use to communicate. Interesting. Interesting. So um, if I'm reading between the lines correctly, it seems as though you're not concerned about getting permission from humans uh, who, in order to do your mining on the moon, but you may want to sort of grease the skids diplomatically with any extraterrestrial life that may be there before you go start mining. Is that a fair assessment? You read perfectly through the lines, Dean. <laughs> well, uh, I've never blessed with a compliment like that, so I appreciate it. Usually, I'm I'm way behind. It uh, is so funny. There are there are people who go as far as to say his moon pit LTD is just a cover story for a. Uh, an operation that allows us to conversate with those entities. Now, I think that's silly because I think we all know how practical it is to mine the moon for what she has yeah. to offer us. Mm. It's There's no reason we can't be doing both at the same, same time. Sure, sure. Just because a spy organization is, uh, their cover is some kind of diplomatic uh, entity doesn't mean they're not doing good diplomatic work in addition to espionage. Does that make sense? No. No, I, I missed that. I, I I think I stopped listening for a second. I was that makes sense. Um, uh, most people do when I start analogizing. So 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 the mood. So Dean, can I ask you this? Sure. I I think this is going to feel more relatable to you and your listeners if I just ask you a simple question. Oh, okay, can I ask sure. You have you ever laid in your bed at night and started doing holotropic breathing? Uh, no. I don't and know at the same is. time, listen to um, the 60 hertz uh, audio. The first one that pops up on YouTube has got about 2 million views. <laughs> oh, like the, bin the binaural audio is what you're binaural saying. Binaural 60 hertz. Um, if you have done that, which I'm sure many of your listeners have, we mm. already probably have some base level understanding of what it means to be connected and uh, silence the radio dial of our own thoughts and let it tune in to the mm. AM, FM of the universe. Interesting. Interesting. I've never done exactly that thing, and I'm going to do that when I put my head down on my pillow tonight. But um, why mine traditional finite uh, materials from the moon when that seems like um, almost, I mean, that's a hundred-year-old technology, if not more. Um, and it seems like you're looking to the future and to greater enlightenment and greater technologies. Why are we still fixating on the, on the sort of old technologies of of mining re finite resources. Well, Dean, it's news to me that for a hundred years we've been mining the moon. Uh, oh no! Surprised, I mean... <laughs> surprised. <laughs> but... No, that's not what I meant. I meant mooning the Earth. I mean mooning, not oh, mooning been, the Earth. Sorry, mining, mining the, Earth. the Earth. I said mooning. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> mining the Earth. Oh, okay. Um, why mine it? Well, do you like your cell phone, Dean? Can I ask you that? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Well, do you want? Uh, aluminum, uh, beryllium, and rutherfordium in your cell phone, so it Ruth works. Rutherfordium. Rutherfordium. Was that named name for Rutherford B. Hayes? That's correct. I heard of that. Oh, one. you haven't you haven't studied the element the elements on the periodic table, Dean? Uh, no, no, I definitely not. See, this not. is so, I, you, you you mentioned early on in the show like your scientist friends who aren't 
aren't giving hugs and aren't you know being having personality or touching each other. I, I think you said I wasn't hanging out with the right scientists. I think that's what I you said. People I had any... who, who couldn't feel anything with their heart and only thought with their minds. Oh, did I? I well, we'd have to go back and check, um, but I'm pretty sure those were your exact words. Okay. Um, great. But anyways, I, I think if the more you can surround yourself with scientists who are people the more you're going to learn about elements on the periodic table. Yeah, right. I okay. I feel I feel like I've come across unnecessarily confrontational during this interview. No, no. A lot of people uh, feel that way because I uh, generally tend to take a back seat uh, in conversation. <laughs> um, do you, you collect Garfield plushies. Isn't that a fun hobby? Yeah, it is. I actually really, um, I worked into it from like kind of a, a backward angle. Um, there was a stage where I was really trying to eat as much tomato paste as I could. Huh. And um, my mother growing up would put the most tomato paste in lasagna. Okay. All and right. so it just became though. this thing where like everyone was like, like, like making fun of me, calling me Garfield. And then, uh. um, you know, one thing that leads another, it's a birthday, it's a holiday and people start sending you Garfield plushies. And I just leaned into it, but it's really more about getting enough tomato paste in my diet. And and what is the value of getting enough tomato paste? It's just a, you know, it's one of those like, uh, it's a constitutional thing really for me. It's it just my constitution feels better. I see. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you're a very in shape, uh, fit looking guy. It seems like you're whatever you're doing. You can't is see my low, uh, lower half. <laughs> oh no, no. Yeah, well, it's what's a uh... massive muffin top hanging over the sides of my uh, my legs and dribbling hanging down the chair. Hanging over the sides of your legs. <laughs> yeah. So you're. I I assume that potentially one day you would want to go into space and you know have to you know be the foreman for some of these crews and stuff. Um, is that is that that's something you probably have to be in peak physical condition for? Yeah. Uh, I mean. It doesn't hurt, right? It doesn't yeah. hurt. But you know, as 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 things are progressing, you know, and if you've got enough money, we can we can get you up there and get you back. Sure. Yeah. If history has taught us anything, it's that people with a lot of money who want to go someplace very dangerous can do so with absolutely no repercussions to their safety. Very true. Throw some money yeah. at it and uh you're you're bound to be safe. Sure. Well, that's great. This is all really exciting, and uh, I, I look forward to following your progress. I'm assuming that we're we're talking. You know, they're sending Artemis up there in 2025. I'm assuming we're talking 2025, what is that? 2030. What's that? Artemis, the uh, new moon, uh, the moon missions by NASA. Are, are you aware of them? Are you communicating with them at all? No, this is the no. first time I'm. You've never heard of uh, the Artemis Moon Project? No. Okay. No. Well, I mean, I'll well maybe I'll fill you in on the break here, but um, Dean, were you breastfed? <laughs> sorry. Were you breastfed? You know, I don't, I've never talked to my mother about that because that, that, that seems like an embarrassing topic. Why do you ask? Well, I, I, I feel like, you know, I just want to come back to why we need the moon for her elements. And okay. earlier said, uh, why the... are we taking, you wouldn't ever ask a baby why they're sucking on their mother's nipple, right? Why are you taking, why are you taking? Because the mother wants to give. I see. Well, we're, what we're going to do here, Jared, is we're going to take a quick break, but I'd love you to stick around and uh, and uh, as I talk to my second guest, would you do that? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, will I be on camera the whole time? Can they see me? Well, possibly. What is there anything specific you wanted to do that you didn't want us to watch? Well, I, it would just make a difference on what I do. I think probably we'd keep you around so we could see you. Yeah, that's oh, all right. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Well, folks, my second guest today has a fire in his belly to put food in yours. We're going to find out what that means. But first, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, I'm Jared Thunk from Moon Pit LTD and we're mining the moon for resources on Earth. The moon's our sweet mother, everyone, and I think we've all known that for a long time, but now we can access her sweet milk and send it back to Earth in Rods of God format. That's right, we mine it twice. We mine it once on the moon and we send it straight to the Earth and mine it again. Being part of Moon Pit LTD has opened my mind above and beyond the resources we have in outer space, but the resources to connect to those interdimensional, extraterrestrial, whatever those beings are. We are working on a YouTube videos right now that you can listen to while you go to sleep. Uh, there will be humming from me the whole time in your ears. Moon Pit LTD. We're going to go somewhere deep that's not on the moon. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Jared Thunk, CEO of Moon Pit Limited, and now I'd like to bring in my second guest, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. He is the beard-winning head chef at Jilt, the Austin fine dining establishment that has been lauded around the world. His well-established culinary genius has been eclipsed in recent years by liberal media accusations that he treats his employees as subhuman. We'll get his thoughts on that. In his spare time, he one wheels around Texan cities. Please welcome Eddie Swilbone. Hi, Eddie. Dean, hello. Hello. Wow, what, a, what an honor to have such a, an esteemed chef here. Oh, the honor is mine to be in your presence, sir. I've been a fan of your podcasting you know, your, and all your... Oh. Highlighting of the wonderful things that this Hogswood corporate, whatever the fuck is called, just oh no. happy to be aboard. Well, I'm glad to have you. I that's all very kind of you, and I am, uh, as I as I mentioned before, not an employee, so it's really just a, a hobby for me, and uh, I'm just a genuine curiosity here. Um, you're 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 this like innovative chef, and and really like changed uh, the world of of restaurants with your recipes. Yes, I have, Dean. I've changed the world of restauranting, and I'm going to keep changing it until I can. You've been to Jilt, I assume? Oh, no. that's uh, It's far outside my price range, I would say. Well, then good, frankly. <laughs> Honestly, we are trying to build something elite. Um, if I were to go to your restaurant someday, God, you know, uh, God willing, if I ever uh, get, get to that uh, socioeconomic tier, what could I expect? Oh, you can expect the finest of the fine, the most beautiful of the beautiful, and just mm. everything you could possibly want from a fine dining experience. JILT. JILT is an acronym, Dean. Did you know it was an acronym? I did not. What is it an acronym yes. for? stands for Just Ingredients Like Tarragon. So what wow. you are to expect are ingredients like tarragon. Oh, interesting. You know, something that you think of as like, mm, that's quite fancy, although it's only $3 at the store. Mm. I see, I see. And when you say like tarragon, does that mean that you don't serve tarragon? No, yes, exactly. I would n wouldn't be caught dead serving anything that's only $3 at the store, Steve. <laughs> I see, I see. So obviously the stuff you're getting is like next level high. It probably fly it in from other places and stuff, right? Oh, yes, of course. Hmm. We have to. We have everything. Every single ingredient is flown in. And when I say it's just ingredients hmm. like tarragon, it is so. It's just the ingredients. So it's Dean. a deconstructed menu is what you're saying. Deconstructed deconstruction. I'm deconstructing deconstructions. Is that possible? You don't understand. It's not you don't just understand the... what I'm a cum 
accomplishing. No, I don't. Uh, so, so uh, I really don't because I, I think of deconstructing as just like the individual ingredients on a plate rather than putting them together. But you're deconstructing the idea of that. Yes, precisely. Why would I waste time, hire new employees mm. to open up the boxes that these things come in? You sit down at Chilt and you are served with not a fork and a knife and a plate. Mm. You have a box and a box cutter, Dean. Oh, I see. Interesting. Okay. Is any of, I have to ask, and now um, obviously elephant in the room here, I have to ask, is any of, are any of these creative decisions based on the fact that you have famously lost a great deal of your staff over the last few years due to allegations that you're abusing them? I am an innovator, Dean. People believe that innovation comes in different forms. Some have called Albert Einstein an abusive piece of shit. Have people they? have called him that yes it's happening all over Dean. everyone's Can't, trying to cancel everyone it's it's terrible. everyone's trying to cancel everyone these days dean and yeah. they tried to get einstein and they're trying to get me and what do i have i have jilt right and you know the great thing is like sometimes people do their best work when they're put under that kind of pressure like i'm sure bill cosby's act is better than it ever has been before because he's been you know he's the coal that's being turned into the diamond by the pressure of uh, of being of cancel culture right Precisely. I saw him in my private dining room the other week. Oh, really? I had him for a private performance, and he is as killer as ever. A full hour 45, Dean, mostly wow. on complaining about women speaking. But uh-huh. it is with that certain Cosby charm that yeah. we're missing these days. What did your guests uh, feel about having an unsolicited hour 45 of Bill Cosby while they ate? I super glued them to their chairs, Dean. They weren't allowed to leave. Wow. Now, some may call that abuse, but I call it art. I call it art, Dean Ardenfield. I see. I see. So uh, that makes sense because I did read a review that that said something about I was glued to my chair. I couldn't leave. But I thought that was just a metaphor. I put that right on the bill of the restaurant. <laughs> so oh, okay. I don't understand why people think that's not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. You'll be glued to your seat. You'll um, be glued to your seat. You signed the contract when you walked in the door. So uh, when people when people come, are they ever uh, surprised, disappointed? Do you ever get pushback or complaints that, oh, you've given me a box cutter and a, and a box of flour uh, and you've super glued me to my seat and called it art? Does anyone ever disappointed? If it isn't clear, Dean, I don't give a single solidifying fuck what any of these freaks think about what I'm presenting to them. Sure, sure. I don't listen to feedback. I don't have criticism because it does not present itself to me. Right. right. Someone just told me what Yelp was yesterday. I just found out this is a thing that is legal in our United States. It's just You can have a... Yelp review, you can immediately cancel someone. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm. Did you happen to take a look at what your Yelp review is? I took a look at every restaurant that I have ever participated in, and by all miley, holly, golly, molly, folly, I don't believe I have ever seen such a cacophony of nonsense. Sure, sure. So they were all negative, is that what you're saying? 
Every single one, Dean. Hmm. And that's why I have to keep starting these new restaurants, keep coming up with new ideas, because right. people don't understand. And it's nothing to do with your, you having to move on to other restaurants and start new endeavors. It has nothing to do with the fact that these restaurants sort of run you out of town because of the way you've mistreated people. Liberal you. propaganda, Dean. I leave sure. every town as I come in, in on my one wheel. Sure, yeah, your one wheel, which I was going to get to, but I guess we'll talk about it now. You have one of those, it's sort of a giant wheel with a skateboard attached kind of thing that you can zoom around Much on. Much like I am an innovator for food, for restauranteering, the one wheel has fully inno- innovated movement in sure. general. It's sort of like a, you need to get from A to B. <laughs> one wheel is all that you need, Dean. Why yeah. would I waste time with more? Sure. It's almost like when I look at it, I'm like, oh, someone took the handlebars off a Segway and turned it sideways. That's kind of the vibe. Um, Someone saw a Segway and said, too busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And what is the what's the what are you getting out of it? Are you going from landmark to landmark? Is it just the speed? Are you exploring these cities? What's the what's the hobby? Uh, the hobby is sight, is innovation. Everything is innovation. I'm mm-hmm. innovating travel in the sense that I'm doing things that I don't need to do. So it, it's it seems like your whole li- life and livelihood is sort of dedicated to, how do I say this, um, things that don't matter to other people. Is that Precisely, Dean. Yeah. But the things that matter, period, that I have decided they do. Right. Sure, 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 sure. So... Um, Getting back to your restaurant here just for a second, you must have some uh, critics who absolutely love you because you have uh, won Beard Awards and Michelin stars mm-hmm. at your various restaurants. And to and to my knowledge, um, you know, the customers o- overwhelmingly on Yelp and other other places have panned your your restaurants and your food. So what? Well, what because do you they're think makes... worthless. Gene, sure. an institution. Idiots. Think of an institution and what it means, what it takes to build an institution. I'm a little lost. Are you calling yourself an institution? I'm ca- I, In a way, I am, but I'm saying that getting a beard award, getting uh, Michelin stars, these are institutions. These are built upon foundational ideologies of fineness, of hmm. elite, uh, right. what, what have you. And I obviously give a about what they have to think and i don't give a single solitary what any individual person thinks are you an institution no of course not no so it doesn't matter what i think exactly it's like when you go to rotten tomatoes and the critics award is always lower than the audience award yes and the critic has never been wrong Sure, exactly. Right. Well, I mean, I'd love to bring my my first guest back in and see what he has to say uh, about all this. Jared, what what do you think about this uh, this restaurant? Is it someplace you'd want to go and check out? Well, uh, I got to say, Eddie, it feels like it feels like we could be in cahoots, honestly. The the way you're talking about your food and its uh, shelf stability and its dry format would be perfect for the space industry. You're an innovator just like me, and I cannot wait to sell moon rocks at a restaurant and ignore people when they say it's not edible. I think that's the spirit right there of an entrepreneur. I, I like where your head's at. Well, you know, you've got like, you've got uh, bringing this moon rock back. You're saying Mother Moon is providing this for your sustenance. You know, that could be a real interesting way to present it on the plate. God, huh, that Eddie? is so sweet, Dean. Can you say that again? I don't know that I could. Mother, could you say <laughs> it again? It, 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 it was very sweet. 
coming up. I can, I, I, I can say it. Uh, sure, yeah. Mommy's milkers are giving us the sweet, sweet moon juice that we crave. That was essentially the uh, the intent of it, yeah. I love it when my guests uh, find ways to, you know, synchronize and, 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 and work on things together. I would love that. Dean, I have, I have a, a, a desire to eventually open up a restaurant on the moon. I love that. that I love so? I love that. I, I would like to pitch you th- two, mm? the three of us, uh, go on a, um, a space capsule flight, and we get sloppy with some milk and some, some ingredients that Eddie wants to bring in, and we just tumble, tumble through the atmosphere for a little that bit. That is... Honestly, so perfect. I have a friend who is selling tickets to the moon for $250,000 each. It is a completely unregulated... What? <laughs> too much. Well, that's a lot of money and uh, certainly nothing I could afford. Uh, Eddie, is this the, the partially carbon fiber moon capsule that's being designed? Yes, you drive to the moon with a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> wow. It sounds like nothing could go wrong there but i mean i understand i mean i really jared this uh this sounds almost like a like a buddy comedy or something the three of us uh, tumbling around drinking mother's milk and eating powder out of a box together on our way to the moon that sounds like quite an adventure well if it's a comedy let's giggle our way all through that experience you know <laughs> let's take our clothes <laughs> off and let's have some fun Let's let's uh, let's uh, sort of end by talking about what I would love to hear both of your thoughts on what a moon restaurant might look like. Well, it wouldn't be called jilt. It would be called milked. Milked. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Imagine, if you will, a restaurant uh, beautifully adorned, uh, the most fancy place that you can imagine. And in the center of it, a drill that goes down to the center of the moon to draw its milk. And then you drink directly from the fountain that we build from it. Wow. Is there milk in the moon? I think so. Uh, there's definitely milk in the moon. We know for a fact it's it's all it is powdered, so we do have to bring our own source of liquid to hydrate it. But there is, of course, there's milk in our powdered sweet mother. Milk in the moon. I mean, what what will we learn next from the interdimensional beings up there? <laughs> well, I'm hard. <laughs> Dean, are you hard? No, definitely not. No. I'm gonna. We're going to need you to get hard, Dean. <laughs> That's another buddy comedy, I think. <laughs> That's the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfeld. Jared Thunk was played by Johnny Nelson. Johnny is a very funny actor and comedian who has performed and taught at the Second City, Comedy Sports, I.O., and many more. Check out his improv podcast, Out of Your Head. Eddie Swillbone was played by Tim Bridge. Tim is a stand-up comedian, an improviser, and a past winner of the Vermont's Funniest Comedian Contest. He now tells jokes in and around Austin, Texas. You can follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and visit the website at thecorporationpod.com. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends about the show, and if you're in the Burlington area, stop by and see a show at Vermont Comedy Club and say hi. See you next week.